Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, your life improvement series starts now. Hey friends, today we're talking with my friend and renowned psychic, John Edward, all about 2023, what to expect, what to prepare for. You do not want to miss this episode. He has so many amazing nuggets that are going to be super helpful. John, anything to add? You have to watch the show. So, John, you are coming to us from the East Coast. I'm coming to you from the West Coast in my kitchen as my studio is being built. Um, thank you for being back with us. We love having you on and love to Love being here. You. Thank you. So, obviously, it's a new year. And everyone always starts the new year with their New Year's resolutions and with excitement. Uh, we all got slapped in the face with COVID soon after in 2020. But it's a, it's 2023. And I'm wondering, what do you see for this year for us? Okay, so first things first, I want everybody that's listening or watching to this, I want you guys to know that we're, we have been sliding through, not months, but years, right? It seems like legitimately just yesterday was 2019, and now it's 2023. And there's so much stuff that's happened, yet there are no benchmarks unless there's been a massive tragedy in someone's family or you know some life-changing thing for the majority of people they've been sliding through the months and sliding through the years so i'd like everybody to start off 2023 with an affirmation that you're going to mark whether i would love for you to do weekly but you're going to mark the month so it's january of 2023 and retrospectively when you start to come to that last that last part of january of this month you want to be like okay what took place? What did I accomplish? Almost like a post-journalizing of what we just did. And how can I question what's going to be coming up in February? This way, we're creating somewhat of a blueprint for 2023. And the reason why, Maria, is I think that 2023 is going to be a year of accountability. Just in the air. It feels like it's the philosophy year where everybody and everything is going to be questioned. So the people that are the, you know, the celebrity celebrities that everybody's like, ooh, ah, mm, no, ooh, ah, I think they're going to be shown in a very, very different light. 
I think people are going to feel like enough with the projections of what's been put out um, or the hypothetical projections, narratives, like words like that, that have been the way people have lived are now going to be looked at. So I think accountability is going to be a big word for this year. Are there specific celebrities you're mentioning or is this like a blanket thing? Well, uh-huh. <laughs> I can I feel can, specifics? <laughs> are we going initials? What are we doing here, John? <laughs> I'll text you later. <laughs> okay. So, but um, I, I just I think that there's a um about 20 years ago when Crossing Over was on the air, Paul Shavelson was the producer, and he and I were driving back from Manhattan to Long Island, and he said, "I know you do everyday lives, but." Where do, where do you think like theater's going? So he said theater. I heard movies in my head when he said theater. And I went, superheroes. And he went, what? I go, superheroes. I go, everybody needs a hero. I go, we're going, we're going into superhero land. And he's like, he goes, really? And I was like, absolutely, superheroes. And um, it, wasn't, it wasn't the question that he asked, but it's the question that I answered. So looking back, right? You said you wanted to look back. I can look back and go, superheroes. And in 2000... One, 2002, we weren't in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We weren't in that world. Why did I think that? I thought that because we just had September 11th in the United States and globally that event impacted the world where we needed a hero, right? So I think that from that kind of anthropological feeling, there created a safe space for the superhero genre to explode again, right? So when I talk about accountability, I think anthropologically, there's been a leveling. COVID and the economic systems and the political shifts, like there has been a leveling of society in a certain way. And I believe it's going to continue. So because I know that 2023, I'm going to have a hard time with that, um, 23 is going to be a year of being philosophical and questioning and introspection. I think the people that live in the towers perspective wise, the people who are celebrating themselves and their bags and their makeup lines and their this is and their that's are going to be scrutinized a little bit different where people are going to be like, really? Maybe read the room. Like this is kind of what's going on. So I think that's going to be what we're going to see. So almost like the bling era goes away. Even though the bling era did go away like 10 years ago, I feel like but there's still a little bit of it hanging on. Well, you know, disco never died. It just morphed into freestyle. We just called it something else. Dance music never went away. So celebrity won't go away. You know, the, the, the looking towards that, the, the I want to be that, I want to have that. I think there's an inner desire that, desire that many people have about being famous or want to be a celebrity or the perceived value that comes with that. That won't go away. The people who have... Um, achieved the level of notoriety, celebrity, accomplishment, fame, um, billionaire status, I'll use that word. I think people are, have gotten a peek behind the curtain and realized that not only is there not a wizard there, that there's not a humanity there for a lot of people. That's the leveling that I'm talking about. Because like, mm-hmm. you know, if you could do all of these things, and I'm not specifically you know, alerting, alluding to one person, just in general, if you have that kind of money, then where's the humanity side of that? Why are we just celebrating the accomplishment side 
unless there's a humanity side. So I think that's the balancing that we're going to see people doing. You know, you'll see it in the nursing and the healthcare healthcare industry. I think you're going to see a lot more nurses and healthcare people um, who have been burnt out by the you know two and a half years of COVID rise up a little bit and be like, no, we're we're not going to take care of 50 patients on a ward, 30 patients on a ward. You know very very well what's gone down what what in in healthcare, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to see people say. You know, and those folks who stand up for what they're standing up for, which is part of themselves and, and their job, but it's also for humanity. They're going to win because they're putting humanity first. Oof. They're not. They're they're not putting themselves first. I'm getting chills all so the way down out, my body, yeah, and that's message, when I know something's true. Message out there for any psychics, astrologers, or new agey people that are looking to achieve a level of fame, notoriety, and celebrity, you're going to fail. You want to put your work first and help people and become known because of your accomplishments. Fame is fleeting. Accomplishments last forever. Wow. You know, it's interesting because we've been talking about healthcare. I mean, obviously, we're very health focused, but I've been talking about healthcare workers specifically a lot lately because I just see how the system doesn't take care of them and they're meant to take care of others. And there's just this horrible domino effect. Yep. And we've been talking about the fact that they, um, they don't have time to eat. They aren't getting any sleep. They're slowly dying themselves. And, and how can a system that's built to take care of us do that to the front line, do that to the people that, you know, are meant to take care of us and, you know, mistakes are made and things are, you know, happening that shouldn't. Um, and so it's interesting that you say that because it is going to take like a massive revolution. It is going to take people to say, uh, 12 hour shifts are stupid. Who is supposed to be in fight or flight for 12 hours helping and saving people in crisis that their immune systems can't hang, handle that either. It's just taking advantage of people. It, it's it's really a system that's built taking advantage of people until they can't do it anymore and then just shuffle them out and get in new people. Right. So the 12-hour shift, I think, is, is a standard thing. And it's been around for a really, really long time. And a lot of people in the healthcare community like that because it gives I them know. flexibility. But it they're them, getting sick. But it gives them flexibility and freedom. The problem comes when they're being taxed with how many patients they might have to be responsible for. And then they're going to be accountable for any mistakes, maybe personally, or that's what they were going for last year. You know, they're going to be personally be accountable for that mistake, not the hospital system. So when you have a hospital system, a clinic or an office, nurses are your backbone to that world. They are mm-hmm. the backbone. They are the backbone to patient care. You know, doctors might write the orders. Doctors are the ones who are kind of like directing care, but nurses are the ones who help execute that. And coming out of a healthcare background and working in hospitals, one of the things that, you know, I would sit back and watch and I would see how many patients that they would have. And we're talking like 30 years ago. And I'd be like, well, that seems like it's a lot of patients. How do you say, how do you do that? Where they're being asked to go today after the intensity of the pandemic, where people were, you know, every night like ringing bells and banging pots for them. Well, that's great. How about paying them? How about giving them better benefits? How about making sure that the the pay that they're getting is going to be more significant? That's the kind of accountability that I'm looking looking that I'm seeing that or I, that I they see get coming. lunch that they actually get to sit and eat a lunch, not a bar. Right. They have bars in their 
pockets and they barely get to eat that. But here's what happens. So we have all collectively been told, if you're a doctor or a nurse, you're in it to help and heal people. You take an oath, right? Well, that's a business. Healthcare is a business. And I remember having a friend go to a doctor. That doctor said there was X, Y, and Z wrong with them and that they needed to go for a cardiac cath. And then from the cardiac cath, they were going to have to do with this. And then more than likely, they might need open heart. And I didn't see that. And I was like, no. And he looked at me, he goes, what? I went, no, no. <laughs> and he goes, what do you mean no? He goes, when did you get your cardiology degree? And I was like, I don't have a cardiology degree. I go, but you trust me, right? And he goes, absolutely. I said, okay. So I picked the phone. I called my friend, Lynn, who dealt with adult non-invasive, got him an appointment with a doctor outside of the system, got him to look at what was happening with him and said, does he need surgery? And he goes, no. Now, I already know that healthcare is a machine. I already know. And I'm not anti-healthcare. Like, I love healthcare. My son's going to be a doctor. Like, but I'm also aware of the entrepreneur the enterprise part of it, right? And there's a business that's there. It is not logical that insurance companies should dictate what a length of stay payment is for a patient. That if you have an appendix removal, they're going to pay you for whatever it is now, you know, 1.2 days of a length of stay. That's not logical, right? But it happens because it's a system of making money. So if we look at that same system, That means that the people at the top, the people who are in administration, the people who are running it, the CEOs of now all of these healthcare organizations are going to be getting bonuses for hitting their whatevers and Mm -hmm. all of that. While you're asking the nurses to work 12-hour shifts, come in for extra shifts because, you know, the patients need you. How could you do that to the patients? And then when that doesn't work... How could you do that to your coworkers? Wow. You're going to leave them. You're going to let them work short. That's not, it, it's, 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 that's, a, it's a holiday. You know that on the, ho- do you know, Marie, that on the holidays, and I know this factually, um, not psychically, that families from Thanksgiving through Christmas and New Year's will drop off their Alzheimer's and dementia patients for a night or two because they're acting up because they don't want to be responsible for them. And they'll be dropped off at a nursing home. There's an influx. Wow. Of those types of patients. So now that's going to tax a system. Yeah. When well, and maybe, with the explosion of Alzheimer's in the next five to 10 years, it's going to be a massive. Right. So going back to the 23, the projections, accountability, the philosophy of looking to the top, right? So whether it be the celebrities, the billionaires, the politicians, the healthcare people, accountability and responsibility for the choices that do ripple and trickle down um, I think we're going to be a big theme and focus. And I think you're going to see, you know, a lot of not div- not division, but like empowerment around people going, no, enough is enough. Like, and now everybody's got devices. So you'll be seeing, you know, the the conversations where the nurses or the CNAs or the whoever else are going to film themselves having the conversations with management. You know, Mm -hmm. they're going to push this so that it can actually try to make a difference. So I think 2023 is the year of accountability, responsibility, and philosophy. And those things kind of blending together where they're going to be like, yeah, I don't care you're a billionaire. Like, what are you doing for this? I don't care you're the CEO of the XYZ healthcare. What about the nurses? Like Mm -hmm. that type of stuff I think is going to be looked at. Well, I thought that was going to happen a lot sooner 
I I felt that in COVID, like year one, I was like, oh, nothing matters anymore. Right? No, that's a shock. That's, that's that's the that's the shock. Yeah, I was like, this this just puts everything in a perspective. And then you saw very quickly celebrity coming right back and, you know, promoting and this and that. And I was like, does anybody understand what's happening here? Like, what, what are we doing? And, you know, and so then you got, we all, we all get back on the wheel, right? We're like, okay, we're going back. Okay, cool. We're going back. But it's, it's interesting to, to look at it because you're seeing so many things happen. You're seeing people being ripped from their power and, and things blowing up that you would never expect to blow up. Um, so what do we do to work with this flow as individuals? So I think that if we look at the universal energy, right, of 2023, that adds up to being a seven because two plus two is four, four plus three is seven. Seven is a spiritual introspective vibration, right? So it's a universal year of being the philosopher and introspection and, I, I'm I'm going to be very clear. Like I think everybody should use the word evaluate this year. I'm evaluating everything. So when I when I an analogy that I use for this energy is when you go shopping, right? You get your groceries. Whether you go get them or they get Instacarted to you, it doesn't really matter. You get your bags and you put things where they go, right? Yeah. So how often do you take? inventory or assess and evaluate the shelf on your refrigerator door? Never. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is the year of the refrigerator door where things went on sale. You bought the bigger ketchup. You bought the bigger mayo. You bought the bigger you know, dressings. And you go to put them where they go, which is on the door, and they don't fit because there's other stuff there that's taking up space. Mm. So now you have to go through, you got to take a minute, you got to go through what's there and you realize, oh, there's, a, there's an old gravy master that fell over that I even know was there. There's an old tube of medication that's been sitting there for God knows how long taking up space. There's a dressing from a barbecue that we bought for somebody because they were blah, blah, blah. And now you've assessed, evaluated, and gotten rid of the things that no longer serve you. I think emotionally and physically, right? And mentally, spiritually, yeah, emotionally, financially. I think we're gonna see we're gonna see all, all of that. Um, but going going back to like how else to do it is be your own advocate. Like nobody's coming to save you, is the is the mentality that I put out. I, I am very clear that like healthcare doctors are practicing medicine, they haven't perfected it. You know, people are there to help you and assist you, but you have to be your own patient advocate. Mm -hmm. And I think that's everywhere. Like just because somebody's the plumber, don't just trust that they're going to do their job properly. Ask the, ask the questions, be annoying. Talk about this all the time, John. I say this yeah. all the time. You know, like explain to me, explain to me this again. And I'll say to somebody like, I'm not mechanical. I'm not a construction guy. I don't understand this. Tell me why you're using that material and tell me why you're doing it like that. And I'm like, do I know that most people are not going to do that? Yes. But you know what? What if in the off chance, my perspective of my house or my life, I'm going to go, no, I don't want that. So for example, a very quick recent thing that just took place, we're putting a security system in because there was an issue. And, oh. um, and so I got a company to come out, love the company. I've been watching them for years, sent out a camera. 
And there was a miscommunication last month when this took place. And the person said, oh, we'll just do it like that. And I went, no, 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 we won't just do that like that. Because now there's a 24-7 monitoring person who can listen to every conversation that's happening in, in the house. I'm like, mm. <laughs> no, thanks. It's not really feeling comfortable for me. So, but if I didn't do that, it just would have been done, right? Mm-hmm. So how many times- ask questions. How many times, right, would you go to a doctor and you go, well, they're the doctor. I never, I don't, I don't go, well, they're the doctor. I'm the person who, you know, when you were phlebotomist in a hospital coming to draw blood, you had to match the orders to the person with their name on the, on the, on the wall, to their wristband. You had to make sure. And if that patient was moved, that's a big deal, right? So you have to always double and triple check. So I'm conditioned from healthcare, double and triple check when it comes to anything healthcare wise. Tell me why this, tell me, is that drug going to interact with something else? If I know somebody's going to a doctor, I'll say to them, do they know you take supplements? And they go, no, no, it's just vitamins. I go, no, no, it's just not. Make sure the doctor knows what, I go, do me a favor, take photos of everything that you're taking when you go to your doctor. Because unless you tell your doctor that you're taking all of these other things that you've watched on whatever channel you're watching, then it's not going to help you when things interact in a negative way. So that's part of the refrigerator door. Take an assessment of everything that you're eating. It'll help you with your diet and nutrition. What you're drinking, it'll help you be aware of maybe what you're putting in your body that you don't want to be. Um, supplements and medications and interactivities. All of this falls into the accountability, responsibility, understanding, mm-hmm. assessing the refrigerator door. What no longer serves you and what can you get rid of? I love that because we talk about it all the time. And and it's it's so great to hammer home the message of accountability for each of us individually because we do give our power away to everyone constantly. Well, they know. No, well, someone's going to tell me if this is not going to work or someone's they would say and they should and there's a whole belief system around well, they should tell me. They should have told me this is going to happen or they should have told me that and it's like people are just people trying to get through their day. They're all super busy whether they're a premier doctor or a, or a, you know, mechanic or whatever, they are not looking at you and your individual life with the amount of care and attention that you would wish for. It's just, it's just not real. It doesn't happen. You know, you might get lucky once in a while, but really it's on us. And I think that's such an important message for us to really remember that that accountability falls on us to ask the questions when we're making an investment. Is this an investment I believe in? What's the back end of all of this? And, you know, and, and evaluating. I just recently, we went through every closet in this house. We emptied everything out. I got rid of everything. I cleaned everything out. I created new systems. I felt so overwhelmed and bogged down by old systems that were not working anymore or were antiquated. And, and I feel so much freer. I still have one left to go, but, um, but I did that and, and, and I have all these empty closets now and it feels so good. (laughs) But sometimes Maria, those items, those attachments have energies that are connected to them. And I don't mean possessed. I mean like symbolic sentimental memories that whether you unconsciously or consciously realize are attached to people that maybe are no longer in your circle. Mm -hmm. So now you have these things Getting rid of them is also a representation of letting go of the people that no longer serve you as well. And for the folks that are watching this, I know that's painful. And I don't mean through death. I mean through choice or circumstance. Sometimes we have to 
kind of pull the car over and ask the people to get out of our, our car and the car is being our life. You know, pull the bus over and be like, this is your stop. This has been fun, but off you go because I'm going that direction and you're staying behind because you're not evolving and growing. <gasps> and um, that's something that people will say to me like, oh, you're harsh. Maybe I am, but you know what? That's who I am. Like I'm a boundary driven person. And I'll say, listen, I don't think that we're aligned. I do it in readings. I had somebody um, who, who was a, can't say, but let's just say famous adjacent. And I didn't know that doing the reading and long story short, it was negative. I mean, very, very negative experience. Like, I mean, this wall, I can get more validation out of this wall. It was just the person's grief was in such a place that, and it's not a, a recent thing. It's been a little bit. It was tough. It was really, really tough. And then it got to the point where I felt like I was losing a part of me in trying to prove what was actually happening. And I'm like, wait, all I could do is me. And this is what I'm getting. And I'm like, I might not be the right person for you. So I have tactics that I use where I try to get people out of that. Usually it is to get them annoyed at me. So I get them annoyed hmm. at me. And then they kind of like drop what they were doing because they're like, ew, he's an ass. And then I can go back to it. And then they usually, but like in that moment, it's like sometimes it's like, I'm not the right person for you. And if I ever get that feeling in the beginning of a reading, I don't even go further. Like, I don't care how long somebody waiting on my waiting list. It's not going to be a good, it's not going to be good for them. Yeah. It's not going to be good for me. So I just go professionally. You got to trust me. You got to go see maybe one of these two people. They might be better for you. But on a family level or a personal level, if something's not serving you well, I, I think it's important to not stand on ceremony. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. 
I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. What do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. So we've had private conversations about this a lot and, and I feel like, you know, to touch on this would be helpful for people because you're talking about pulling over the car and letting people out. And I loved the distinction of I'm going this way and you are are maybe incapable of coming with me on this journey. Right. And, and I remember over the summer, you said that there were going to be, um, forget how you said it. You said that there were going to be a lot of, um, maybe changes with friends. And, and I was like, Oh gosh, how do you know? Are you psychic? Cause it was already happening and it just happened and it's continued to happen. And my heart keeps getting stomped on and keeps getting broken. And I think it's really hard for all of us to feel the loss of a friendship. You know, we hear divorces And that's normalized now, right? People get divorced. But when friends get divorced, there's such a failure feeling that I know people feel in their marriages too. I'm sure I've never gone through it, but I can see how they would feel that. But with friends, there's such an identity that's confirmed around having long-term friends. And, And I had fallen into that too where it made me feel better as a person where people would look at me, let's say, and be like, well, she has her friends from when she was really young. That means she's a good person. But why am I not a good person if I don't still have friends from when I was young, right? And Um, so, right? Then I'm a a shithead because... (laughs) (laughs) There's been multiple cleaning out. Um, Because, again, I think... And I have to say this, and I was ironically thinking about this last night when I couldn't sleep. Um, I was thinking about the perspective that people have about you and where you're at and what you do and who you are, right? Me? So, no, in general. Well, you could apply oh, it to you. People, I, was okay. actually, I was actually thinking about it for Olivia because okay. you know she started in her profession, right? Acting and meeting up with success. Very, very young. Your daughter. So yeah, so my that's my daughter. And um, and she's now gonna be 16. So now I'm I'm thinking like, will she kind of go through that? Well, maybe not, because people only know her from that. Like they know her so young doing this, it's kind of mm-hmm. like normal. For me, I was 30 years old when crossing over started. And when that happened, you know, I was already known, right? I was already doing this work. I was published at the time, um, radio up the wazoo for years, 15 years of a career where I felt accomplished that people knew me. But I didn't really feel like my circle of friends and family had shifted. But when crossing over did, crossing over happened, wow. And I will never, ever, ever, ever forget. I called my aunt and uncle, who I grew up in their house. 
and um, just checking in, like what's going on. And my uncle was like calling to his wife, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. John Edwards on the phone. I will never forget that moment. And I was like, what? like what? Like I was Johnny, you know what I'm saying? Like I was their nephew. I wasn't John, but somehow for them, even for them, I became John Edward. And I was like, mm. well, this is a crappy feeling, you know? And you know, the universe always balances out some of that stuff. And I know, you know, this as well. I remember when I did here in Long Island, there's a very big theater called at that time, the Westbury music fair. And it's like 3000 seat venue. And I sold it out like 10 events in a week. Like it was a big deal. It was a really, really big deal. The people that showed up for that and like circles, friends, family, whatever. And I would see them before the show and I would see them after the show. And every night was really funny. There, there was always a conversation that was like, okay, we're going to this diner or we're going, we're going to go here for this. We're going to go here for that. And I would sit back and just watch. Do you know that all of those nights I went home and had special K? I went home and had bologna. Nobody invited me. Not one person said, hey, we're going here. Great event tonight. Love that reading. You want to get a bite? I know the feeling. And I was like, holy crap. I'm like, wow. And it was only like towards the end of not even that tour, like, like two or three years later where a friend of mine, I had invited him to come and he said to me, what are you doing after? And I, and I, I got like uncomfortable. I was like, what? He goes, what are you doing after? I go, oh, I'm just probably going to get a bite. And he goes, well, do you want to like go to the diner? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I know you just made me realize why sometimes I feel so uncomfortable around family. It's because they look at you like that now. I, I think we are so desperate for them to look at us just the way we were with obviously like, you know, kudos, we did something cool, but you just want to still be you and you want to feel that warmth and that, that normalcy. And it just goes away so quickly. Um, but then you got ego. Where you have, it's the ego of what's happening around them. And that ties back into, you know, for me, like being your own patient advocate, the name of your show, Heal Squad, right? You have to be your own Heal Squad. Mm -hmm. You're providing people with an opportunity of understanding concepts, topics, and contributors to what your program is for them to help be their best patient advocate. Mm -hmm. But for 2023, guys, I'm going to say it again, like I said it before, COVID is not done. And I think that the rest of the world wants normal so badly that they're willing to sacrifice their health to do it. And that might make me sound unpopular. That might not be fun for people to do. You know, if anybody owns a restaurant, they were like, no, no, it's just a cold. But I haven't changed my tune on this since we, start, since we started. From my first conversations with you with this, I wrote newsletters about it. I, like, I, I lecture about it. The ancillary what's coming, and I don't mean long COVID. I don't mean that. I mean what's coming later. I call it Covingles. And the reason why I call it Covingles is I want to make the association between if you had chicken pox as a kid, you can get shingles later on down in life. There's no long chicken pox. You know, is there long COVID? Yes. Do I think there's going to be, you know, long COVID for a long time? Yes. Do I believe that we should live a life of fear? No. Do I think we should try to live our life as normal as possible? Yes. But while mitigating the understanding that this is something that is, is neg it's negative. So multiple infections of this disease, if you look at the epidemiology, the immunology, if you look at the stats on this and with what just took place in December in China opening up, how that's going to affect the next three to four months of 2023 in every aspect, it's very clear COVID's still real and it's there. 
So I want everybody to be careful and try to mitigate, even if it makes you unpopular, even if people look at you like, why are you wearing a mask? Um, it's not going to be an easy thing to do, but I would do it. Yeah. Um, I have to go back to the, the friends thing. So, cause a lot of our listeners, um, go through this. What, what do you do? How do you handle, um, if your friends do kind of like, cause I, what I feel is a lot of friends will sabotage the relationship when they see the growth isn't connecting instinctively, somehow they know they can't grow with you and they sabotage. How do you advise people to handle that? Because I know the quick instinct would be, you know, at some point figure out how to fix it and go back the way it was and try to go there. Um, you know, because you don't want to lose a friendship and, you know, there's that comfort level that people have with each other. How do you, how do you advise them to handle? I usually give an analogy and I say to people, Hey, I know that you really are hurting over this relationship with fill in the blank. And this could be a relative. It could be a coworker. It could be a whomever you want to make it. And you value that relationship and you tell yourself that story and you think about all the good times and you think about the history. Right. And then I just go, so would you sign over your mortgage? Would you sign over your house to them? Like, just give them your house. And the answer to that is always no. Nobody would ever just hand over their house, no matter what the relationship is, mm-hmm. you know, barring your kids. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't just hand over your bank account or your checking account. You wouldn't just do that, right? And the reason is there's value in that building. There's equity that's in that building. So if you wouldn't hand over your house, don't hand over your life. Don't hand over your energetic equity to someone who's not deserving of it or valuing you, depreciating and amortizing your relationship with them based on their perspective and ego. And that's hard. It's hard. Really hard. I like that depreciating. And what was the other word? De- depreciating um, am- amortizing like amortizing. you know over over a period of time you're trying to like well you know i know them for this amount of months or this amount of years or we go back to this place that doesn't entitle someone to the keys to your energy it yeah, doesn't or they them. were great back then and now they're not great right but on the flip side of that i do have a, a, a an insight that i would suggest as a as a tool so there's a very long list of people that i've had to go down this path with most of which i've didn't want to, um, clearly, and then wound up having to. And when I did, I usually cut them off completely. And that is by choice. And then I do my own type of healing work of understanding what went down. And I do the, was I the asshole kind of, you know, like, where did I, you know, where can I own this? Um, and then when I get to a certain place, I basically say, okay, no more of that. Cause I know that we're done here. Then I start mining for the nuggets. And those nuggets are the things that sustain that friendship or that family dynamic or that work relationship. And then I find those nuggets and then they become the moments that I will carry with me moving forward. Mm. Because if I carry the negative and the anger and the hostile stuff, that eats at me. That that still takes yes. away from the that takes away from my equity. Yeah. So There'll be moments where I'll talk about, you know, a person from my past that's in that category. And I, I, 
you know, anybody listening to me be like, oh my God, you sound like such great friends. I'm like, nope, I haven't talked to them in 25 years. <laughs> and they're like, dead? And I'm like, nope, still living, just on different paths. I love that. Just on different paths. So you can honor the good things and keep that positive vibration for right. you. Because that's you. Yeah. That's part of your experience. Why take away from your past? Why give up? If you're giving up, if you're giving up the friendship and the family dynamic in the present and moving forward, mm-hmm. why would you give up your past experiences with them? Because some of them were good, yeah. right? If somebody was getting divorced, right? And there was a marriage and there's kids, not all of that's bad. Things might have took a turn. Things might have went different. Somebody might have wronged somebody else. They grew apart, whatever the case is, but you still got the kids and you still got your shared experiences. And that only comes with doing the work, doing the healing, understanding what the lessons are. Mm-hmm. You know, And I'm all about telling people, like when you're going through crisis, don't go running to a psychic. Don't go running to a medium. Run to a therapist and run to an astrologer because your astrologer is going to look at your chart. They're going to look at the aspects and whatever planetary things are going on. They're going to look at your actual natal chart and they're going to see who you are and what you're learning. Then you take that information and insights to your therapist and be like, help me understand all of this. And that's how you evolve through it. It's really great advice. It's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you do give great advice, but I think- that's No, no, really I mean, it's what good... I do. It's like how I live. Like yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, it's actual plan. That's really helpful for people. Go to your astrologist because we've really dived into um, astrology here and it's super helpful to understand yourself and then exactly kind of where you are. You know, Kelsey, yesterday, what were you saying about my chart right now? I was telling her, her progressed moon is going into Scorpio, which is like super underworld, very introspective. So I was telling her, I was like, Maria, this is like time for you. Like you gotta be, it's, it's alone time. It's Maria time. It's like all these other things are like going to be happening, which they are. So anyways, I was just kind of talking to her about that. And it's crazy. Like Uh how much you can see John, like, I think exactly what you just said taking the astrology and bring it to a therapist, like, boom, like that is a recipe. I love that. Yeah. And John, a- you had told me that you have, you was told me in June, you have to get comfortable with being alone. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was always such a scary concept for me. And I love being alone now and it feels so good. And, and you know, what's really great. I used to fill my time calling my friends, I never had a quiet moment in my car because that was my time to call my friends. And I would sit with them time after time. We already had known everything about what happened in each other's days. There was nothing new coming up because there was just never space for anything new to happen. (laughs) We just talked too much. And now I can have these like periods of just introspection and thought and, and things can come to me and, and I can have joy in my own mind because I'm not filling it with someone else's stuff all the time. So we just came out of the holiday season. And, you know, it reminds me, oh, I was probably about 22 years old. And I was sitting on the floor. And I think I was up to about 300 holiday cards that used to go out. <laughs> like I was up to a lot. It was a lot, a lot of cards, a lot of people that I was doing this with. And, you know, I... I just loved it. I just loved it. You know, it was like exciting. And I would like, you know, put little notes in it. I made it personal. And then I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was my guides. I don't know. But I just remember thinking, what was the return on those cards? 
like how many how many people actually reciprocated and sent them back? And I was like, well, you know, you don't do it because you're looking for a card. You do it because you want to do that. So it's like I pushed that out of the way, being the good Libra that I am. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, and then I thought, hmm. Next year, I'm going to wait and see how many of this list, because of course I have my list, how many people on this list actually reach out to me during the year. Not a lot of people on that list. Wow. <laughs> and again, granted, there was no text, emails, and you know, cell phones back then. So you had to actually pick up a phone call, pick up a call, pick up a phone and make a call. Yeah, but different time. Different times. But still, like... Mm-hmm. It made me look at the 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 awareness of it. Like you evaluated. Okay, I evaluated. So I think we have to go through periods of time in our lives that are painful. But then you can actually teach from those experiences. And you have a platform where you you're very open, you share, you're very transparent, you know, and I know you off the camera. You know what I'm saying? Like you're real. Like, hmm. I can't say that for a lot of people in the world of celebrity. I can't say that for a lot of people in the world. <laughs> so like, thank you. I'll take that very, you're the very same highly. person here that I know when I'm talking to you on the phone, you yeah. know, or I'm hanging, hanging at your house. You know what I'm saying? Like you're the person who'll be like, Hey, we're doing this. If you want to come over where, you know, other times where that's happened with me in the past, I'm not sure what they mean. Like, mm-hmm. do they want me the person to come over or, you know, am I going to be walking around with the people giving out like hors d'oeuvres and I'm sitting in the corner making balloon animals and it's a reading and here's grandma, right? Like that's the, yeah. that's the place when I've gotten invited to places and I'm like, you never want to be that person to be embarrassed. Like you show up and you're like, Oh, you're the help. Like yeah. you're in the back room tonight. Oh you know, they, they don't want you the person they want. They want you the, the concept. Yeah. Or what you have to offer. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really hard, I think, um, you know, to, to kind of go through these tough periods, but you do grow from them. And I have realized the patterns in life now at 44, where it's like something bad happens, but something good comes soon after, right? Like I had a really, really rough situation happen recently. And Kevin goes, something good's coming. (laughs) It's like after the storm comes the rainbow. And then um, a couple great things have happened. You know, first of all, our Christmas movie crushed and did amazing. And, you know, movies that had five times the budget (laughs) didn't didn't even do half of our numbers. And we're like, whoa, this is so cool. So, you know, you got to go through the, the bad to get to the good. But those moments, you know, Kelsey, you know, without saying too much recently was having a moment too. And I said, you know what, Kelsey, I know you're having a moment, but you've never been more present and more empathetic and more connected than you are right now. So sit in this, cause this is a good thing for you because she floats, she's really up here. And I know, cause I do the same thing and I think it might've given you a little breakthrough, right? Yeah. Well, and it's funny. I'm like, I always just relate it now that we have touched on the astrology aspect. I relate it back to that because my mind, my Mercury's in Aquarius. I'm like, right. And so I'm like (laughs) always up here. And yeah. Sometimes I'm trying to pull her down here. I'm like, wait, right here. Talk to me right here. Yeah. And I think you kind of, when I feel into those feelings, like I was just like 
having a super, like everyone goes in waves, but I was just like having a really kind of depressed couple of days. And it was like, but when you actually like acknowledge it and like sink into those feelings and when you're present with it, it's like, oh, whoa, it's a whole different feeling. So yeah, I think you kind of calling that out to me, Maria, made me aware of it. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> so this isn't so bad. Like maybe, yes, it doesn't feel great, but also there's some really cool positive things that have come with the the crappy feelings, you know? As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. And I like to tell people, Kelsey, to honor what they feel, mm. not what they fear. Ooh. Ooh, Honor yeah. what they feel, not what they fear. And habit doesn't equal happy. Mm -hmm. Ooh. So, you know, as we begin this new year of introspection, where accountability and responsibility, and we're looking for transparency in certain, certain, certain circumstances where people are like, I don't really care about your title. I don't really care about you're this or you're that, you know, how do we get this done? Or how do we do this? And, and that title doesn't have to be billionaire. That title can be dad in your family or the matriarch in your family who's being judgmental about someone's sexuality or who's being judgmental about somebody being transgender or who's being judgmental about somebody getting a vaccine. Because these are all the hot topics that you're seeing in the last couple of years that people are talking about as if they have knowledge, but they don't, they have feelings or they have fear, mm -hmm. right? So honor, mm -hmm. honor, honor the feeling, not the fear. And sometimes the habitual relationships that we have doesn't always provide us with happy. That's so good. John, what else, um, what else do you see for 2023? Do you see, I know you said co co shingles, which is interesting because I think we're dealing with a co shingles now where there's this weird flu strain that's like killing everybody, not killing physically. Right. Well, they might be, I don't know, but Kevin got it and he was never sicker in his life. COVID wasn't even that bad. So, so is there anything else health wise that you're seeing? Um, I'm, I, I don't know if I can be objective with that. And I just, cause I know too much about the healthcare stuff, like my mm -hmm. backgrounds in that. And I spend quality time like nerding out with like reading the immunology and looking for the stats and the trends, which is why I'm, I am the non-fun person in my family. Who's like, you know, if you're going out, we're going out eating outside. You know, if we're going out, we're doing this. Like I get, <laughs> I get anxiety if I see like a restaurant that I follow and I see them filming inside and everybody's like crammed in like this. And there's like, <laughs> there's like no masks and it's like, I'm that person. So yeah. I'm on, I'm, I'm a little bit more on the mitigation scale. So the coaching, the coaching goes, I call covingles. Oh, covingles. Um, covingles. <laughs> but that that's coming. That's later. I think what we're dealing with now is COVID has wiped out people's immune responses. 
So where you would normally- well, is it COVID or also, it was funny, a friend of mine years ago was very anti-hand sanitizer because he said, we're getting rid of our immunity by hand sanitizing all the time. And then when COVID happened and I thought about all the hand sanitizing, I'm like, I wonder if mm. that's going to lower our immune systems. No, I think it's COVID. Um, I, I actually believe it is the fact that the the COVID response in our body is to, um, it, it, it kind of like deletes our ability for our, our immune system to be able to fight back. Mm-hmm. So I know there's antibodies, so don't come at me. And I know that people have like, you know, develop antibodies, but that's not a pass. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if you cheat on your partner and they give you a pass and you build up antibodies of trust there, and you're going to work on the fidelity, that doesn't give you the ability to to get COVID again and cheat again because yeah. I have antibodies. That's how I see that. It's like, no, you want to be faithful to your own health. You want to be your own patient advocate yeah. and you want to be careful until you hear somebody's stories where people actually were completely healthy. Now I am that crazy person and I've had it twice because I already have an autoimmune issue. So my immune, my immune system is down, mm-hmm. right? So I wound up, now the second time I got it, I didn't even know I had it. I was just that crazy person who tested a bazillion times on rapids and PCRs. And I called it hokey pokey COVID because it was negative, 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 positive, negative, negative, positive, positive, negative, negative, negative. So I said to a friend of mine who works in healthcare and I said, um, have you been seeing a lot of that in the hospital? Have you been seeing a lot of that? And she laughed and I go, why are you laughing? She's like, do you think people actually test the way you test? She was like, they would have taken one rapid and said negative and off Done. they would have off they would have went to infect everybody. Mm-hmm. But that's not how I am. We have our own PCR machine. You know that. You know, we have our own PCR <laughs> thing. I got rapid tests coming monthly. Like I'm that person. Because yeah. I don't want the responsibility of knowing that I could have actually gotten somebody sick. Yeah. So that is concerning for me. So I think the immune responses, we're going to see more and more over the next few years that people are going to be like, uh, hey, you know, I kind of feel like the government should give a terror alert. You know, like after 9-11, they had like the red, orange, yellow, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, we're operating at this level of, of, you know, terror alert. I think we need like, we need a simple system like, oh, look, it's, it's red. So then people can make their smart decisions of, you know, yeah. of doing Actually, that. it's not a bad idea. We only have uh, a few minutes left. I have two questions that just got popped into my head because of what you okay. said. Do you see any kind of terrorist threat? And then I'll ask you another one after. Um, I haven't, I haven't gotten that feeling. Okay, good. I haven't gotten that feeling. Earthquakes, California. Yeah, it's funny you should ask me that because um, I'm going to say I, I haven't, but I know that someone else in my field is concerned about it, but I don't see it. So I just got I, chills, so now I feel it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see it, but I, I think sometimes they don't show me stuff that I don't want to know personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, as a New Yorker, Maria, being out there for an earthquake, if you would have seen Sandra and I look at each other when the house was like moving, like I was like, what? And that was just a little tremor. Yeah. So, I know we've been through a few little tremors and I'm in the doorway and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really scary. 
So well, you're, um, you're, in the, you're in the doorway. Sandra and I were like, wait, what do we do? Doorway? <laughs> I know. Wait, it's always, you don't know like, what wait. to do. I'm like, we're from New York. What do we do? Who do we call? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you panic and you don't really know what to do. You're just like, uh, grab the dogs and, and hold them tight. That's it. And the people are like, well, where's your kit? I'm like, what kit? And they're like, your earth, <laughs> your earthquake kit. I was like, Nobody told me about an earthquake kit. <laughs> yeah. No, we have them. I have no idea where they are. They probably got thrown out in the closet cleanup, but maybe a good reminder to get a new one. Um, John, thank you as always. This was such a great uh, conversation. So many great nuggets in here for us to take into the new year and really. Thank you. Of- thank you for always having me. I appreciate it. Oh my God. I wish we'd have you more. I don't want to bother you. But like I, Kelsey was like, can we do like a monthly with him? I'm like, if he can, I'm in. Um, but we, we love talking to you and I think evaluating this year and asking important questions and realizing you have to take accountability for everything in your life is super, super important. And, um, thank you for that. Thanks Maria. Thanks Kelsey. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.